All right. Uh, we're back again with the Inspector Alliance. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this week, I want to talk about the goal of a home inspection, our value, our value as home inspectors, what it is that we're doing out there to deliver value to our clients every inspection, every time. Um, we want to give information, right? That's the idea. And, and somewhere along the way, this has gotten a, a little lost or maybe even a little, just a little vague. So I want to revisit it um, for my own sanity and also to help other folks out there in the, in the inspection community might be feeling the same way. Um, we want to help clients make an informed decision. That's why the home inspection even exists, right? Are you buying what you think you're buying? All said and done, what the client really wants is probably just a table side chat uh, that ends with either a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down, right? Should I buy this place? Um, kind of give it a rating, uh, like a Cisco and Ebert, the two thumbs up. Um, a common question that I would get at the end of a home inspection is, would you buy this house? And I'm sure there are plenty of you out there nodding your heads and yeah, I hear that all the time. This was my answer. If it was a nice place um, and, it, and it was decent, all houses are going to have issues, right? But if it was a, a pretty decent place, my common answer or my standard answer would be, you know, I can't really speak to your wants and your needs in a home, but provided that we get the issues in the report addressed, I wouldn't have an issue with my mother or my grandmother living here. And I like them both, is what I would add. Um, if it wasn't in ideal condition, or I had reservations, or it was a place that I I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily want to live in, I might say something like, you know, the place has some issues. A lot of homes do. The challenge then becomes tolerance, right? It's not necessarily the issues in the house, but it's the tolerance. I can't know what your tolerance level might be, but we can certainly agree it's different than mine. And buying a home can be emotional. And why don't we agree it's better not to get my opinion tied up in what might be a partially emotional decision that you're about to make. And I would leave it at that or something along those lines. Look, I don't want to get my emotions involved in your transaction. Um, so that might, might help some of you folks out there that have that same issue that you might be dealing with from time to time. Um, so back to my point about a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but they do want useful information to help assist in the purchasing process. Yeah, they want the thumbs up or they want the thumbs down, but they also want that useful information. As inspectors, that becomes cloudy sometimes. And I'm speaking from experience because as inspectors, we want to find all the stuff, right? We want to give them the list of bad things. You know, and I can even remember at times when... Uh, there was a time where clients were at the inspection the majority of the time, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that table side or that countertop chat, whatever you want to call it, the kitchen chat. Um, but I can remember saying, all right, you know, let's go through the report. Now, listen, before I get started here, I think we all need to agree that I'm about to give you a list of bad stuff. I'm the guy that showed up with the bad hair, the bad shoes, and we're going to talk about bad things. That doesn't mean that this house has... Uh, any more issues than any other house, but you didn't pay me to come in and tell you how nice it was. You came to that conclusion on your own, which is why you've hired me, right? You like the house for whatever reason, and that reason is beyond me, but let's figure out what we're going to be dealing with when we buy it. Um, all right, so let's look at useful for a second. We want to provide useful information. We all want the client to understand that this, the standard and the scope um, 
on the back end of the inspection and usually when something goes wrong. But let's look at it from the in exercise approach. What is useful? Per the ASHI uh, standards of practice, this is what they consider to be useful. We need to describe what it is that we're looking at, right? We need to tell them about the roof. What is it? Um, we need to put a note in writing of anything in that system that might be defective or not serving its intended purpose and items that might need attention soon based on our experience. Aging equipment, right? Aging systems, aging components. Uh, what do they need to do about those things? Give them some direction. What are the recommendations? And for us, with our company, we include cost estimates to help kind of give them an understanding in real terms the severity of the issue. Now, we don't include implications like what uh, what a leaking faucet might do or what a leaking waistline might do, but we do try to give a, an estimate of cost on what the repair may be. Um, I'll give you a good example of, of why we started doing that. This was probably... 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I uh, did an inspection for a girl and um, everything went went fine. Uh, house was a little bit older and in the course of the inspection, we found some minor electrical issues, nothing big at all. It was in uh, a neighborhood that was, it was transitional, but it had kind of started to get to the, the peak of the transition or the smoother part of the transition, I guess. So it wasn't in the most desirable desirable neighborhood, but it wasn't in a bad area at all. Um, so did the inspection. Everything seemed okay. We walked through everything at the end. No particular, particularly big issues. And then uh, probably, I guess it was a month later, I guess, I was doing an inspection for the same girl. Um, met her at the inspection and kind of talked to her a little bit about the last house and then said, well, what? What, what happened to that house? Why did that transaction fall through? Oh, there were some huge electrical issues. It was going to cost a ton of money, and we ended up just walking away from that. My dad recommended that I just find something else. And I couldn't really remember any huge electrical issues, but I wanted to know. I was like, wow, you know what? I wonder what happened. So I wanted to dig into the report. So I had somebody at the office email, their, email me the report, and I went through it a little bit later. And there were non-GFCI protected outlets, bathrooms, and the kitchen, so when I went back, talked to her again about it. I said, hey, you mentioned those big electrical issues. Was it the was it the receptacles that you were talking about? Those non-GFCI outlets, a little test on the reset button? She said, yeah, I didn't know the house was going to have to be rewired for those to be replaced. And that was going to be a huge expense. And that was, I didn't want to go into further detail, right? The ship had already sailed. Um, but that was when I realized, you know, I could give a little more direction to add some clarity to this process. I think that might have helped in this particular instance. Um, so what prompted this podcast? Here's a specific issue that just came up in our company um, recently. Now, new construction home, right? We're doing the final inspection. We did not do the rough framing. Um, the inspector inadvertently found out that an outside receptacle was tied into the receptacles of an adjacent bedroom. So there was um, a balcony, patio, whatever you want to call it, off of the off of the bedroom. And in testing those outlets, to trip the GFCI receptacle, and then the interior receptacles were dead as well. So he just happened to come across it. 
Um, the issue then became whether or not this was an acceptable building practice. I think you all know what word I'm trying to avoid here. Um, and now I can feel all you technical folks out there kind of inching up on the edge of your seat, ready to burn me on this one. Now we've, we've done something technical. So you're going to get me. Um, but sometimes we just have to be a little brave, right? So I'm going to be brave here and, uh, and tilt my hand or expose, um, expose us a little bit. So bring it on. Um, all right. So let's look at this from a completely practical perspective totally practical. And that word may escape some of you, but that's what I'm going to use. What does it really matter? I mean, seriously, let's, let's think about that. What does it matter if those receptacles are tied in together? What does it matter? Forget what is common building practice. Forget if it's right, forget if it's wrong, but let's think about those implications. What does it really matter? How much time, energy, and effort do we want to spend trying to prove a negative? hey, this doesn't seem right. Let me go dig into NEC and the IRC and see if there's a way that I can figure out what's really wrong here. Because if we think about it from a practical perspective, what does it matter? Is it is it someone going to get hurt? Is it going to cause a fire? Is it wired in, improperly and correctly? Um, <clears throat> it may seem odd, and then we need to dig a little bit further, right? But how much further? We get caught up in wanting in the wanting to be right scenario. Now, let's all be honest and realistic. Sometimes it becomes about another inspector coming behind us and reading our report more than it does about the report that we're given to the client, right? Because the client's the one that's really going to use this information. The other inspector might want to make us look bad in an effort to make themselves look good, but it's really about the client. Then we'll look at, is it within our scope? Right? Is something like that within our scope? Now, if we were doing the rough framing inspection, that's a whole different ball of wax. We're doing a different inspection to a different standard. Then it would be within our scope if there is a wiring issue that needs to be addressed. But is this particularly in our scope, within our scope? Is it information that the client can use in making their purchasing decision? When we find these issues that are ambiguous and we dig a little further and we want to know if we're right, is that information going to be helpful to the client in their purchasing process? I'll add here that I use this in my on-site explanation to the client. This is kind of this is kind of what I do. Um, I'm about to go through the house. I start in the kitchen. I always work through the house clockwise. As I do this level, I'll finish the next level. And if it's a it's a ranch or if it's a single story, I'll say you know as I finish this level, I'll go into the attic. I'll do the outside, I'll do the crawl space, and I end with the roof. I know that like 90% of you out there start with the roof, but I end with the roof. Um, along the way, I want you to know that I'm here hunting elephants. I'm not hunting mice. I'm going to find mice in my hunt for elephants, and I'll probably report those as well, mostly as a courtesy. But what I'm interested in are game changers, showstoppers. Things that may change your purchasing decision. All the little things along the way I'm going to find just by course of looking for the bigger issues. And some of those will be documented, some of them won't. But I don't want the message to be missed that we're looking for the big things. We have a limited amount of time and we want to know what you're buying. Along the way, if I come across something that's really big, I'll be sure and come and get you. Uh, otherwise, 
feel free to take a tour of the house. What I'm trying to do at that point is encourage them to maybe not follow me around. Um, although I love the conversation, I love the people, genuinely love the people. It does slow down the process. I think you can all identify with that. Um, so now let's get back to, does it really matter? Is it within our scope? Is it information the client can use for their purchasing decision? Is it a significant safety issue? All bets are off when this occurs, right? If it's a significant safety issue, I'm really not even going to look for the why. And there's probably a why as to, as to it being wrong. Um, and then, so is it helpful? Does it help in giving information for the purpose of purchasing a home? I've seen the industry change over the last 20 years. I've seen the home inspection go from being about giving information to being about finding all the things that are wrong. This big transition started to happen for me in that 2008, 2009 era, really probably 2010, 11, as we came off of the tails of that real estate collapse, as folks were willing to dip their toe back in and buy, they wanted to kind of, you know, put the, put the screws to the seller. So it was about finding all the stuff. That's when we started to really deal with like stained carpet, um, uh, colors of walls we've asked to have, that's been asked for us to put in our inspection reports before. Um, so that's when I started to really see that transition. Folks wanted to beat the seller up on the price. And the best way to do that was through the inspection. They've already negotiated, right? Everything's kind of above board at that point. Then when we start the inspection, we can go through things that may or may not be relevant, but we might be able to make, to make look bad. Oh, these outlets are all loose. That's a safety issue. My kid's going to get shocked when he uses them. Um, in my opinion, it doesn't add value. It confuses the intent of the inspector or the inspection. Then we become our own enemy. As inspectors, we become our own enemy by fear of not observing an issue that may not be critical to the decision process, but the buyer may bring up later when they move in, right? So then we start worrying about the, um, the, the covering our ass mentality. Is it valuable information? Probably not, but I don't want anybody to embarrass me coming back about it later. And that's not really helpful. Um, so I'll close by saying, I hope we can all try to kind of come back to center a little bit, right? Maybe think twice about what the client needs in this process in the home inspection, as they may not necessarily know. And approaching the exercise, like we're just gonna go out and find bad things, takes away a bit from uh, from the experience and what the focus may need to be. Um, and remembering that the, the end user of the product, the product being the report, the end user is our client. It's not another inspector. I'd like to see us all kind of getting back to laying out the ground rules of the game up front better and then focusing on evaluating the property for the prospective buyer, not looking for all of the bad stuff. If we can lay out the rules of the game better up front, here are the standards, here are my limitations. Also understand that we're working against time. I'm supposed to do this in about three hours. Um, I have no research on the place. I can't take any of this information back to a lab and analyze it. I have to give you a document when we're done that's going to be pretty technical. I have to tell you about it sometimes in front of people that may not want to hear it because while the buyer is there, um, the seller may be there, the agent or agents may be there. They don't want to hear there might be problems, right? Now, in my experience, I know that 
traditionally we kind of have this oil and water thing with home inspectors and real estate agents. In my experience, uh, agents genuinely have their client's best interest at heart. And I can say that with seriousness, but sometimes it might be in front of a difficult audience, right? Um, with people that have maybe different interests, particularly when we're talking about a seller. Um, but hopefully we can get back to that part of the goal of the home inspection and uh, go back to adding the value to the client, not looking for all of the bad stuff and also not getting into a point of contention where we want our reports to look good when another inspector comes across it and takes a look at it. That's not the purpose of the exercise. Again, I'm Jeff Luther with the Inspector Alliance and... Uh, if you like what you hear, click that like button and follow us along. More good stuff next week.